Part 1. Spirituality, Science and Living Your Best Life, Literally, with psychic medium Tracy Dimmick. In this two-part episode, we chat to spiritual alignment mentor Tracy Dimmick. After dealing with alcoholism and struggling with addiction, Tracy pretty much hit rock bottom, but was strong enough to bounce back and start over again. She shares her challenging journey and her current reality of living as a psychic medium and how she uses her gift to help others reach the path to their higher self. We also touch on the tools and techniques you can use to manifest what you want. She did it and met Tony Robbins and how your energy, emotions and vibrations can impact your day-to-day. What does it mean to be a medium, clairvoyant or psychic and what's the difference? Okay, so not all psychics are mediums but all mediums are psychic. So a psychic who works in the professional sense um, is someone who possesses at least one of the four main psychic abilities, which are clairvoyance, which is clear seeing or clear vision, uh, clear audience, which is clear hearing. So we don't hear like you're hearing my voice now and I'm hearing yours. We kind of hear it like someone's speaking to us in our mind. Mm. Um, clear sentience, which is clear feeling. So there's two feelings. One is like the vibe, like the feeling you get, the gut feeling. And then the other one is literally touch, like feeling touches. Um, and then the other one is clear cognizance, which is clear knowing. And so a psychic will have their, I guess, extrasensory um, abilities and awareness through at least one of those abilities. So the more abilities that a psychic has and the more evolved each ability is, then the better the psychic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a medium is someone who has got that extra sense of being able to speak to people who have crossed over. Um, and also we use, so the spirit that we are speaking to uses your psychic abilities to speak to you. Right, so they, so, can, they kind of know yeah, what you've... they know what you've got available. Okay. Right. Wow. And that's why some people are um, aware sometimes of being able to see a spirit or, you know, having just seen a ghost or something like that. It's because that spirit knows that you've got an ability, you just don't you just don't know you have it right? because who walks around going, hmm, I wonder if I've got the ability yeah, to be yeah, able yeah. to see ghosts. You know, you just don't think about that <gasps> yeah. unless you're me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the difference. And most people call um, it a clairvoyant and it kind of irks me a little bit because clairvoyant is just the people that can see clear vision. Mm-hmm. And a clairvoyant is not, a, is not what all psychics are, right. you know, and some psychics don't even have clairvoyance as a gift or an ability. Right. So it's kind of like a, a misconception being called a clairvoyant. Yes. And I think the same goes for being a medium or being a psychic because mm. I think everyone just kind of labels them all Throws as the same thing in. and they don't yeah. know what the difference is. Uh, and they don't. And you'd be really surprised, you know, how many people will show up. And I usually just start off all of my sessions by just saying I am a past, present, future psychic. I am a medium. I'm also a medical medium or a medical intuitive, which means that through my abilities, I'm able to understand someone's emotional, physical, and mental illnesses, past, present, and future. 
Um, And then I also teach people psychic development and also spirit alignment. And so because I can do all of those things, I'd like to have an idea of why you came to me. Mm. Because some people come just because they've heard that I'm an amazing medium and they just want to speak to their mum who passed over for the entire hour. Other people come and they're like, I've heard that you're really great with medical intuitive. I just want to speak about my health issues and how to get on top of it. Mm -hmm. And some people are like, okay, I'm going through a divorce right now. Can you please tell me what's in the future? Right. Not everybody wants everything. Yeah. And some people would say, I want a mediumship booking on their booking form. And then they get there and that's not what they want. They want to know their future. Wow. So psychic medium, clairvoyant, it's all like, it, they're all very different things in their own right. Mm-hmm. And you will get something different depending on what you say you want. You've touched on what your gift is and how you kind of help others with it. And when you say like spiritually align, alignment, and you're kind of working to be someone's spiritual mentor. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like what I do is kind of like life coaching, but with all spiritual tools and techniques mm. and the spiritual awareness. So when I, I just have this ability um, to be able to see people's highest good. And it's basically in my visions when I meet with someone, or even if it's, you know, like I do, I have international clients. So it doesn't need to be in person. Wow. But what I get is the path that they're on now, which psychics will see. And then what I also get is this other path, which over the years and just through experience I've worked out is actually the path that spirit is showing me that is for this person's highest good. And so then I, it's what, what is blaringly obvious for me is the distance between where they are and where their fulfillment is and where their best life is. And early in sort of early in the picture, when I started doing this professionally, um, it used to just really frustrate me that people didn't, that people just wanted to understand their future based on their current perception and out of the choices that they were aware of and the logic around it yet I would try and gift them the you know the awareness and the awakening I guess of this part that I'm seeing without really being able to understand that they just weren't getting it Mm. and so when I started to put it out there to spirit because as you know as a professional where we are taught and we are able to um, put in our boundaries and our rules and we and when I teach psychic development I'm very big on the morals and the integrity behind it Um, and so with all of that it sort of comes where um we can tell spirit or I can tell my guides um, who I don't want to come anymore and who I do want to come. So a few years ago I put it out there and I just said, look, unless the person who is here is ready to hear what you've got to tell them, then I don't want to, I don't want them in my space Mm. because there are plenty of other psychic mediums out there and life coaches out there who will do it that way but I'm not doing it to make money and I'm not doing it for any other reason to serve. Mm. And so I want to get every, um, it's just a, I don't know, like an inbuilt kind of passion. And I just, uh, that I want people to be able to reach fulfillment. Um, But I believe that everyone has their timing. And so you just might not be ready to reach your fulfillment yet. So you're not going to hear it yet. Right. Mm. But I only want the people who are ready to hear it Mm. because that's what I really love to do. Mm. And so With my experience just through uh, practical psychology and all of the kind of self-education and I'm a science nerd when it comes to psychology and understanding the brain and why we do things and merging science and spirituality together. Mm, That's really interesting. Yeah. And so because um, I do that, it's sort of my sessions are really kind of mostly people will come in and just say, I'm lost. I don't know how the fuck I got here. 
can you please tell me my way out? Mm. Like I'm 40 and I don't know who I am and why I'm here. I thought I did and I thought I made all the right moves, but how did I royally fuck up, Mm. you know? And so I love that. Like, and I sit there smiling and like I've got goosebumps now because when I say that and I get in that emotion to it and that connection to that energy, it's like, sweetheart, you are in the best place to be. Because you know how many people secretly sit there wishing that they could start over? Yeah. You're actually able. Like you've got a clean slate right now. Yeah. And you're open to it. You're open to it. So let's go with the spiritual tools and techniques and awareness. And psychically I can see why um, people are where they are. I, but I don't see why they are where they are because of what happened yesterday. I see why, why they are where they are because of what happened for the very first time. And it's usually before the age of four. Wow. And I, I'm just able to see it like I'm reliving it myself. Oh. And so I understand how psych- psychologically they've created patterns and how that has played out 40 years later. Wow. And I can explain that very quickly because they know the event that I'm talking about yeah. usually. And if they don't, it's not at the top of their mind. They remember it by the time we've spoken because I'm able to give them some more details and that's psychically that I get that. And so they can go through years of therapy and counselling and traditional mainstream, you know, services in that area. And these, you know, beautiful people who are trying to help them can't get to the root. Mm. They're just teaching and treating management Mm. and, you know, ways to do it the best way they possibly can, but still as a broken, well, you know, a part of a broken person, I guess. Mm. So for me, it's like, well, I have this ability to do this. I need to do this and I need more, like I need to be able to get more people to realise they can do this. And instead of wasting energy, money, time, you know, sacrifice in, you know, ways that are, you know, they're just not going to work out in the end, just a waste of time. Okay, so you teach and then you can also, I guess, learn, like take tools to better your um, abilities What's the difference between learning those abilities and then being born with them? Can you learn all of them or are you just kind of born with this gift and then you can manifest it into like something higher? Yep. So we're all, we've all got it. Every, every single person <laughs> has these abilities. Um, and they're basically what makes up what most people refer to as their intuition. Right. Okay. Right. You know, so you call it an intuition and I, you know, I very rarely use the word intuition, to be honest. It's just not that part of my vocabulary because I know that my intuition is built up of ultimately my higher self, which is the the energetic version of you that is not your soul and not you as a human. It's the, the bigger part of you, the spiritual part of you that exists between the link between the two. And so I know that my intuition is actually my higher self speaking to me So instead, I will say my higher self told me rather than my intuition told me. So everyone has the abilities, but it's about um, how nurtured you are. So, for example, my kids, they're quite nurtured and it's very open and honest. And some of the conversations we have, most people would probably be just like, oh, my God. (laughs) They talk about it so candidly or, you know, they're weird or maybe a little bit desensitized. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Most people will go with the clairvoyance and be sort of like, oh, I can just see. I see that this is not going to work out well or I feel this is not going to work out well or I know this is not going to work out well. What they're actually having speak to them and and telling them that is their higher self using their abilities except they just don't go, holy shit. Right. I know that this is going to be bad or I know I need to get myself out of this situation. You are clairsentient, my friend. Mm -hmm. 
And so you are, in effect, using, in truth, your psychic ability. And it might just be the one that is the loudest to you or the one that you've had the most faith around. So you trust it more. You've got this, it's the strongest muscle for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I find that most people, you know, when they come to me, they're just like, oh, you know, they're not even thinking about psychic development, but they'll, once I've had like an hour with them and talk to them, they'll realize that they've already got two or even three of the abilities at play, except now they have a name for it and they know where it's coming from and what it is. And so then it comes down to, okay, I have those abilities, but do I use them? And I'm a little bit scared because then we bring it back to ourselves and we're like, oh, I don't know if like I've got self-doubt. What if I make the wrong move? Like how do I turn around and say I made that decision intuitively and then how much of an idiot am I going to look like because I made a huge decision or took a huge risk based on a feeling? Mm. Like who does that? I want quantifiable statistics and results and proven methods before I do things. And the people who tend to live more intuitively will also see that if you were to fail in bunny ears, because I don't believe in that word really, because, but if you were to fail, people who see it intuitively see as that failure is, is a blessing and it's happening for you, not to you. And so you never fail. Like mm. everything that everything that gets through. So I get asked a quick, like if I get proposed an opportunity, I immediately get an energetic pull or an energetic push away. And I will make split decisions, but huge decisions based on that one feeling. And I don't let my ego, because you've got seven seconds between where your higher self speaks to you and when your ego offers you a reason why not to do it Mm. or why you should do it. Either way, that is your ego talking and you're going to fuck up eventually whether it's straight away or 20 years down the track, you're going to, in hindsight, realise that that was a pivotal point that you really made the wrong decision. You took the wrong adventure. Amazing. Yeah, so that's what alignment is. So I live through alignment and people ask me all the time, if you didn't have your abilities, if I wasn't me, would I see a psychic or a medium? And my answer is no. Really? Because... I strive to continue to live in my present alignment and I want that for everyone. I want everyone to just have their inner compass and feel their way through life. And when you do that, you're not missing what is meant for you. And, you know, we can use our free will. You know, everyone has free will to use. And, you know, you can choose your free will in a way that sort of pushes time back you sort of you're playing with time so what is always meant for you might be something great but you use your free will to take a detour and eventually that greatness will arrive but you could have had it today Mm. but because you chose your ego's route which was either through money or what you thought it was going to be or whatever reason um you obviously learn lessons through there and that's all great but you can also just go from a to b without shit but do you believe that like I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason, which could be wrong, but do you believe that that path that that person took, whether it was because of their ego, was right for them yeah. anyway? everyone is where they need to be at exactly the right time yeah. and everything, and that's where judgment comes in So or lack of judgment. So um, a lot of the time I have clients who will say, um, you know, can you please, like for instance yesterday I had a young girl, she's only 23, and she's having a lot of troubles with her mum because her mum is really unwell and morbidly obese and, you know, is very victim 
Ori like mindset. Right. And so this beautiful young girl who is actually quite intuitive, um, she is so frustrated because it's like I can see how my mum is playing the victim and I know how she could be so much more healed and not have to go through her pain. She's choosing to go through it. It's a story. And I'm like, that is so insightful for 23. Like, yeah, I mean, geez. what 23-year-old? I wish I was like that. Mm. But really what I offered and what what the lesson in both of this was that for this young girl, she needed her lesson in judgment. So to able to understand that, to look at it from a perspective of because she's got an emotional attachment to her mom because it's her mom, if we take away that emotional detachment and make it nameless and faceless and we just sort of look at it as a lesson, what we're actually being taught in this is to not judge what we think is best for that person. So what what her soul or what her spirit needs, that mom, is actually to go through this darkness and to have pain and to suffer and for us to think that, you know, she needs to be rescued from that is our perspective right. and our judgment and you, you can't have that. You, you can't. And that's why with the spirit alignment, when I see the two parts, in, in the beginning I had a lot of judgment because I was kind of like, oh, my God, these people should want to do this. They should want to do this. And so I get these things called downloads, and a lot of spiritual people will talk about downloads, but it's basically it's not ever really in a meditation for me. It usually just happens like at random times when I least expect it. And I kind of just phase out. I'm still here, but I'm really not here. I'm separate. And I get um, the way I receive downloads, it's almost like, you know, when you see in movies how they put up like formulas in the air and then you see it all move. That's how I get it. And it's like I've had all of the pieces given to me in my life, like in my reality, but I haven't, Tracy hasn't been able to work out a way to make that a picture. And sometimes I don't even realize that they're giving me a picture, but they're giving me all the pieces to the puzzle. And so in these downloads, they make the pictures into a puzzle. And um, and I have aha moments or like epiphanies. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my God, I can see it crystal clear. And they gave me that a couple of years ago with the judgment in terms of this is where you're looking and this is where you want them. You need to understand that everyone needs to journey. Mm. And so the spirit alignment is about teaching people instead the tools that I know and that I've been taught and that I practice to get them to bring themselves into an alignment mm. rather than me bringing them into an alignment. Because right. that's kind of cheating as well. Exactly. Yeah. And there's yeah. no shortcuts. Mm. Like we, you know, to pick up that mum for that girl and bring her to her awareness, that's a shortcut. Mm. And mm. there's going to be consequences yeah. with that. And it's it's not solid. Mm. It's hollow. And so that you'll go back to your default setting. Yeah. That mom would go back to her default of pain and victim. Mm. So the spiritual alignment and the teaching the tools and the techniques is about going to the root of the problem. So the suffering and the symptom and the way that you are managing those has ceases to have a reason to exist. You know, so before I had um, at 32, when I had one of my very first biggest sort of downloads, um, I was an alcoholic. And I was addicted to um, opiates for pain relief. And I used to chemist hop to get codeine, you know. And so I was masking and um, self-medicating and hiding and running in fear. Um, And that was because I had a judgment of how my life should be. Mm. And I was afraid of other people's judgment. So alcohol and pills just made that seem a lot easier to bear. And then when I had that download, it just shifted everything because that download gave me all of the pieces to the puzzle of my life that I was trying to numb and avoid 
and instead showed me why it happened. And the minute that I saw why it happened, I no longer drank. It literally overnight, I just did not have a need to do it anymore. I just, it cured that. Mm. And so some people will say, you know, are you a sober alcoholic? Did you go through the 12 steps? You know, did you do all of this? And no, I don't identify myself as a sober alcoholic. And in fact, I can have a glass of wine. I barely finish it because the the flavor of it just, I don't know, it's like my body just doesn't Mm. gel with it anymore. Mm. But I have no attachment to alcoholism or alcohol anymore. So it doesn't control me. So yes, I can have a drink if I want to. And, and that's not denial. That's simply I've just healed my attachment to alcoholism because it is, it is another label. It's just like victimhood, yeah. you know. Did your gift contribute to the fact that you were yeah. drinking? Yeah, it did um, because for my whole life I knew just on some intrinsic level that I had a huge job to do Yeah, and I constantly felt like I wasn't enough. And that I didn't know how to show up in that space. Mm. And so I just kind of self-sabotaged my way through my 20s. And I have so much pressure. Yeah. So much pressure. It sounds like it's exhausting and sometimes it could just torture you. Yeah, It used to. Mm. It really did. And that was also before I was mentored. Right. So um, I didn't know that I could turn it off and on. Mm. And I didn't know boundaries. I also didn't know that I could put those boundaries in place at any given moment. I didn't know that I had a control over it, basically. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, I think again, going back to that whole we're in that moment in time, there is absolutely no fucking way on earth that I would be able to do what I do and be so passionate about it had I not have gone through the worst times of my life. Like, I, I had to go through every single moment and that's what that that big first download was. It was showing me the blessing mm-hmm. and what was happening for me, not what I had said happened to me. And that change in perception and that awareness, I guess it's awakening of mm-hmm. sorts, um, that just, it just made sense because I need to understand things. I, I cannot have blind faith. I know that sounds crazy because I live my life based on faith with my connection to something that no one can see. I just know it's there and you have to trust me. But I can't just accept what a human tells me. Mm. And so it's sort of like a, um, it was always like a battle. And then when I, you know, was mentored and taught that I could turn it off and that I could do these things, it was just like, okay, now it's starting to make sense about how I'm going to show up for my purpose. And it's giving, it's cutting the crap, it's cutting the ego. And really, if I was to peel back all of those layers, I had everything I needed all along. I had just been so blind to it and had been running in fear that I just didn't see it. And my light was turned off. Wow. That's so Give interesting. Goose yes. <laughs> but what was really interesting too, though, which I was sort of, it was very difficult to explain because I fell pregnant when I was 23. So I met my husband and six weeks later I was pregnant. And it when I'm pregnant, I've had three children, and when I'm pregnant it goes away. Really? So, for the, so for the first time at 23 I just went, who turned the lights out and who turned the sound down? Because I had never realised actually how loud and how bright and how much was happening in my head and my energy that wasn't actually happening. 
Nice. It's kind of like, you know, I, the best way that I worked out how to describe it was actually only came through being a mum because um, when my firstborn was young, like like baby, baby, like six months old, they thought that he might have had something wrong with his eyes and we had to go through this process for eye tests. And it was so scary. Like I was 24 at this stage yeah. and I was like, oh, my God, my, my child's like, what's wrong with their eyes? And it was crazy. But, you know, the pediatrician, you know, said that with um, hearing issues and eyesight issues, if people are born with it, they don't know that they're different. And a child won't be able to say to you, Mom, I can't see the board properly because it won't know that it's not seeing the board mm, properly. Yeah. And so for me with the abilities, I didn't know actually what I was capable of and what I had until I didn't have it anymore. Right. And then it was kind of like, oh, something's really yeah. going on. What is going on? Yeah. And then when our second, so when I fell pregnant with our second, um, he was a twin and we lost the twin during the pregnancy. Mm. And then when he was born, he was actually born um, unconscious and they um they had they actually brought him to life in on the crash car and wow. so that was an um that was another sort of pivotal moment that shaped the next sort of 5 to 6 years for me um sorry uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and you know understanding that when i held him and um, he sat on my chest and hearing from spirit and because everything came back because he was out now and it literally like just turned it all back on again, but they put him on my chest and he kind of just like nuzzled up to the nipple. And I was just like, Oh my God, he actually is alive because he hadn't cried. And he was still mm. the color of dark red wine. And he was still quite limp and he was a 10 pound eight baby too. So it was wow. weird. It was like being given this monster <laughs> and it's just like, what is this? is so, it's like a horror movie. What is going on? <laughs> And then spirit just whispered in my ear and just said, he's meant to be here for great things. And so since then it was kind of like I felt like I had this responsibility almost to show up for him. And I hadn't ever felt that I was enough, but suddenly I had a a being Mm. that I was responsible to be enough for. Mm. And so that changed everything. And then when he was three and came to us eating his Vegemite on toast, watching the Wiggles, and he's just talking about his sister. Wow. And he has an older brother, not a sister. And he was like, yeah, talking about how she plays with him and wakes him up at night and tells him stories. And we worked out that it must have been his twin. And so then we started oh. to take some photographs. Um, and she was showing up in some of the photographs. No so wherever way. he was sitting, there would just be this gorgeous kind of outline, like a, a rainbow sort of iridescent see-through transparent um, shape of a child sitting next to him that almost mimicked almost like she was intentionally trying to look like his mirror image like a twin wow um and that freaked the shit out of my husband yeah for <laughs> sure. of course. like I was like dude we have another one how do you feel about this <laughs> and then what we realized very quickly was that he was actually he's an amazing healer and obviously through his journey like I was talking about before he needs to go through his pain and his trauma so that then he can be a better healer. Yeah. Um, but uh, healers will always attract broken people. They'll attract the people that are experiencing the trauma so and a healer intuitively, empathically just wants to hold on to that yeah. pain to make people feel better, which is why empaths attract the drama, attract the people, tra- attract the people yeah. with issues all the time, and then the empath mm. is the one that suffers. Yes. For sure. And that's because they're absorbing the energy rather than just dealing with it. And that's why the the victim always feels better with the the empath because we hold their energy. Mm. 
And so we worked out very quickly that Luca was doing that with spirits. And so our house filled very quickly with uh, lots of negative energy. Okay. And my husband went, nah, yeah. no more. And so that was the beginning of me saying I need to be out there more and I need to, in terms of myself, and mm-hmm. I need to educate myself and I need to get more responsibility. And that's when I brought on the mental. And she just taught me the boundaries and, you know, being able to ground myself, protect myself, and that was it. So it's super important for people that have your gift to kind of do their research rather than feel like they are alone and they need to go out and speak to Mm. other people with gifts so that they can build. Yeah, you need a mentor. You really need to find a mentor, someone who has worked their way through it um, and really knows their shit, you know, like there is so much bullshit out there, Mm. like with everything, but it's all just so commercialized and it's all broken into niches because, you know, we have to find our niche market and, you know, this is where you, where you go. And yes, that's all great, but it's not, um, it's not coming from a place of alignment. That's coming from a very ego calculated place. And eventually it's not solid. It is hollow and it will blow up in your face. It might be short lived fame, fortune, whatever it is. Um, and so finding, you know, the mentors that, um, are out there kind of almost um, promoting themselves as opposed to their service and what we do and wanting to educate people so that they're not afraid and that they know the right way Mm. Um, and, you know, the way that is for their highest good as well and so that, you know, we have a responsibility. And so finding a mentor who does not need to shout from the rooftops, I am Tracy Dimmick and I am a psychic medium and, you know, come and I'll teach you how to do what I do. No, you know, like that. those people are not doing it for authentic reasons. Yeah, They're for sure. doing it for That's ego right. reasons. Mm. So it's really important that when you do look for someone um, as a mentor or doing psychic development that you connect with that person's energy first and you trust your intuition. Let that be like the first time you really trust it is go by what, however, whether it's a knowing or a feeling or whether you hear it, trust it at that very first point to say, I know this person is not authentic or I know this person. I can feel that this person speaks from a place of service than any other reason and that's their primary reason then that's who you should go with. Is that, um, like, I did want to ask how people would know if someone was legitimate or not, and you're saying that we should be able to trust our intuition? When you when you meet someone. Yeah. yeah. The same way you do, like, if you were just to meet someone new, like, say if Kelsey was just to introduce you to someone and you come away and you're Get like, dude, feeling. like, that guy's not good or, you know, she is pure evil or something, you know, like, whatever you want to say, it's exactly the same when it comes to finding a mentor. And that's the same in everything, in business, in health, in anything. Mm. It's exactly the same with teaching yourself psychic development or learning your psychic abilities because it will determine and ultimately um, how well and uh, almost like how well you serve yourself with your abilities. Um, And we can, energy is is crucial. Like I I work with energy, I don't work with time. Like Mm. I am finding lately that everything's scheduled, like 10.30 today and all of that, and that's great, but 
I don't live my life that way. I live my life by how much energy I consume in in places and I have to be really responsible with that. Mm -hmm. So when you're working with other spiritual people, if you know and it's clear and obvious how they're spending their energy and if they're spending their energy in self-promotion or if they're spending their energy in what they're wearing and, you know, talking about things off topic, then you know that the, the energy that they must have for their sacred service will be a reflection of what they've already got going on in other areas of their life. Right. So it's almost like whether they're authentic and if you can see it across their whole entire life in all areas of the way they live, then that's that's probably how they're going to be able to teach you their abilities as well. So don't just go by the person who is the most famous yeah. or the person who's the most expensive or the person who is most accessible because these days, like I can teach what I, I, t- I have students internationally you know, and there's one that I'm meeting on Thursday night for the first time and she's done a full year with me, but I'm meeting her face-to-face for the first time on Thursday. And that's really cool. But it doesn't have to be like it's a serious thing and you deserve to be able to honour it. So don't just pick off ego. Right. Yeah. Can we pick up on or how do we know if um, we do go to a psychic or a medium or a clairvoyant clairvoyant, um, if they're telling the truth? Because there are a lot of um, sceptics out there and probably for good reason that there is a lot of shonks. Mm-hmm. So Charlatans? Yes. Is it the same as, as like having that intuition just about a regular person? Like I guess I think people get sucked into it too and then you sit down and they say one thing and you're like, yep, that's yeah. It. I yeah, I mean, you know, well, that one thing that happened 10 years ago, how did they know? Mm-hmm. Things like that. Well, I guess also people get... Um, People get, I guess not awestruck's the wrong word, but they kind of get like, um, do you know what I mean? Like it's kind of yeah. they're, they're in my spirit room and all of a sudden their time's finally here yeah. and I'll be like, I've got a spirit coming through. Her name is Jane. She died from breast cancer when she was 42 and this person's sitting there going, nah, 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 and then 20 minutes later, oh, shit, that's my mom. Yeah. You know, because they're just like so kind yeah. of like, oh, they're my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. But they're, they're probably, not being present. Yeah, waiting for that one fact that they've gone in with. Yeah, and that if they they're want hearing different out. facts, they're thinking, no, it's not my dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And th- it's it's also that they're they're kind of like eleven eleven. It's eleven eleven. People say that to me, or like running numbers, like one eleven, like all day, every day. It's whenever I'm with the person. It's very normal for me for people to say that. Yeah. Okay. Do you think it's a thing? Are angel numbers a thing? Yeah, so numbers are definitely a thing. It's the way that the universe can speak to you because they know that people do exactly what you just did. (laughs) And so the best thing to do is to, you know, get a little bit up on numerology, which I know you guys have done another, like an episode on before, but really just knowing those three numbers is like the three running numbers is the best thing. So like what they represent. So for me, I used to have a lot of weight in numbers, but now because I don't run by a clock so much, mm. they've stopped being able to really get messages to me in that way. Mm. But for the laymen, <laughs> the yes. lay folk of you guys, um, the numbers are just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my yeah. God, and what does that mean? And that's great because can you imagine if every single person just did what you just did in that moment in time, how much energy that the higher powers are then getting to be able to then spread out more? Mm-hmm. So sure. I always say to people, absolutely celebrate those moments in time and when you have those because you are definitely not the only one doing yeah. it right now mm-hmm. and it's creating its own life energy. Mm-hmm. 
Steph gets them all the time, and all it, day, every day. All day, every day. And it definitely passes on. So now that I'm at work and stuff um, and a girl that sits near me, she sees them more often. We get DMs on our podcast Instagram about all these people that are now seeing numbers. And I think it's, it's just we've given them awareness. Yeah. yeah. And then the, it's just it's coming just to It's nice, them. though, to feel like there's something Something's else that happening, might be yeah. guiding you. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's like a, a nice positive feeling. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Why not feeling. enjoy it? You know, like that's um, it's just joy, mm, you know. Yeah. And, and with joy, one of the greatest things with joy is if you can, like people don't find ways to experience it anymore. And you can go a whole day without actually experiencing pure joy. And how sad is that? Mm. So if a thing like a running number, like 1111, <laughs> can make you do what it just did and it can affect the people around you, then absolutely. Like, yeah. why not? We need yeah. to find more things to do that with. Yeah. Um, but, the thing with um, emotions just on that too is everything vibrates. And so the little giggle and the joy that you just had and the excitement that came with that, um, that has a huge uh, high vibration and it's going to bring your vibration that might be from a lower emotional um, scale, which could be like I've got a deadline or I've got, you know, um, a budget or something like that and that's what you're thinking and then all of a sudden it's broken up with joy. You've just gone from a very low vibrational um, environment to a high vibrational environment and then that perpetuates more opportunities for high vibrational. I love that. Yeah, it's so cool. So it's not really but almost kind of breaking a little cycle that you were stuck in. Absolutely. Moving further, further up. Yeah, and that's why, um, you know, the whole gratitude sort of, you know, mm. buzz and trend and things like that mm. and that movement, it's amazing um, but a lot of the time um, people just are like, okay, I've got my gratitude journal and I write down what I'm grateful for. And I, when I teach, you know, through all different areas, but when I touch on the gratitude part of it, for me, I try and find gratitude in my moment. So rather than like allocate my morning to gratitude or my night to gratitude, I find it in my day. Mm. I'm like, I'm really freaking grateful that I'm about to try these like white chocolate beauty bite things because, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, and what I'm going to do is feel the vibration of that gratitude. I'm not going to think that now and rob myself of that high vibrational shift and breaking that pattern now and being able to have the ripple effect onto you guys and influence you in a positive way. I'm not going to wait till I get down tonight mm. and then write down, oh, I'm really grateful for those beauty bars that were sitting there. And, yes. you know, I'm really grateful for the opportunities I had today. Yeah. No, I'm yes. grateful for that now. Right. I think that makes more sense. And I think the uh, no. the way of just waking up every morning and you're going to write down your the habit. gratitude for, you might be pulling, grasping at straws when you wake up. You've just woken up. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I say to people, like, seriously, in the beginning when you're learning to just start a new habit, sometimes it's a matter of, like, waking up and going, I'm so glad that I do not need to pee right now because it is so mm-hmm. cold outside and I get to stay in bed, you know? Like yeah. if that's one thing, try and find something that's humorous as well yeah. so it yeah. can bring a few, like the joy and the humour and it's going to lift you up quicker. But there is no point in saying I'm grateful for, you know, these strawberries, I'm grateful for this tea, I'm grateful for this connection. I'm just, they're just words. Yeah, You want to feel the feeling because yeah. um, emotions perpetuate your life. So it's what you're feeling and that's one of the tools that I teach in the spirit alignment, you know, to being, to having your emotions in check because whatever you are feeling right now is what you're about to see coming. You're about to see the universe give you more opportunities to feel that. And so that's when mindfulness and mindset comes in as to how you can construct how the universe can deliver those ways to you as opposed to just leaving it willy-nilly. 
that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Going in down to a different little bit of a rabbit hole. But yeah. I get so passionate about it all because that is the tools and the techniques and that's why I like the practical psychology things too yeah. because they can merge and mm. people get it more Yes, because mm. it's not so wooey. Yes, and absolutely. It's, it's not yeah. something that they automatically go, oh, no, I'm not psychic. I don't know what she's going to be saying. Mm. It kind of makes it more human. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, relatable. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I love the woo-woo. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How does a reading or a session work with a client? Do you need to physically touch them or take their jewellery or you just pick up on their energy? Yeah, so um, other psychics like to do that. So when we have an object, it's actually a different ability and it's called psychometry. Okay. Um, but the it, so the I guess it's not even an ability, it's more of a modality, to be honest. So um, modalities are like crystals or uh, tarot cards. Okay. So psychometry is another modality which... It's almost like it gives you the way in to access the information, but ultimately there's the the where the information's coming from, the spiritual realm is still using your abilities. Yeah. It's just that you feel connected to how your gateway into that is through psychometry or how your gateway into that is through tarot. Okay. I don't do any of that. Um, I can and I and I have done it in the past, but now no, I find it very showy. Okay. Right. I find that it wastes precious time. And I just want to get down to it. Um, a lot of the, you know, the big events that I do that we, we call spirit sessions, which is just mediumship, so just speaking to people that have crossed over a little bit like John Edwards, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of people will bring objects with them mm-hmm. and they'll have, they'll hold them. And that's amazing because energy, uh, spirit has told me over many years that the things that the four things that really connect them with their most energy to the earth realm uh, jewelry, leather, so um, like leather bags. Um, old men come through with like leather suspenders um, and leather watches and things like that. Um, pieces of paper with their writing, handwriting. Right. So in my wallet, in the car, um, I have this piece of paper. My grandmother passed 12 years ago and she was the, one of the most amazing women in my life. And, you know, I'm the oldest of four granddaughters and that's all of us. And all I wanted when she passed away was the pieces of paper. And I have no idea what these numbers mean. But she, And I'm pretty sure they're a knitting pattern, oh. like how many stitches she's done. But it's just this really old, like, sepia-toned piece of paper with numbers and lines through it. And I carry it with me because I know that that's where her energy is. And then I also raided her cupboard and took all of her hand-knitted clothes. And so I feel like I'm getting hugged by her because that's where I know her energy is. And then the other, the fourth thing is photographs. So mm. spirit will often show me a photo and sometimes they have it on them. Crazy. Or spirit will talk about the piece of jewellery that they have on them or, you know, some sort of connection. Mm. But I do not need to personally touch it. If I have it, I, I really don't think it enhances anything for me. I feel like it's more of a relatable way and, and a um, like a, a physical, visual way for the human or the client to be able to connect. connect. But for me personally, no. Um, Yeah, everything just comes through. You know, it does to use and before the client arrives, I shuffle it and I ask the card to come to the front that's going to give me an idea of the energy that I'm stepping into. And that really doesn't give me anything about them. It's really more for my prepping so that I know what to be prepared for because I won't lower my energy, I'll raise the person's energy. I'll lower it a little bit to be relatable and understandable, (laughs) but um, I will bring their energy up. And so that card just tells me, gives me a heads up so there's no surprises. You were saying before how 
like you have like a moral code. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you wouldn't tell somebody about their life? You told the spirit to only tell you what they're ready for. Mm. But are you you're essentially kind of changing someone's life path, really? So, is there a moral code that you stick by, and and yep. other like should all spiritual people stick by that? Um, I never tell people what to do like whether you're a spiritual person or not. And I will say that very often, you know, I never tell you what to do and I'm not going to tell you what to do. I might strongly suggest Mm -hmm. and I might kind of invite you to read something or whatever. Um, But I smell death. (sighs) Really? Um, So while I can get all of that, it's not fun and I don't like it. And I don't, I don't want it. I do. I. It's not. Um. I don't know why anyone would, because I don't think I'm better by knowing it. And I feel that you know I'm. I'm not here to scare people either. In fact, I want to do the opposite. Mm. I want to smash all the misconceptions and the cliches around the woo woo, because it's just not. And it doesn't need to be. And it stops people from really actually getting to what they can have. Yeah. Quite often, when I say something, the person will know what I'm talking about anyway. Mm. And they'll be aware of it. And if they're not, then I will always just say, if it is something that comes up, be diligent. Don't leave it and just sort of, you know, put it in the too hard basket and forget about it or do it later. You know, remember back to this time where spirit did give you some kind of insight into a possibility. But medically as well, um, I see things... um, in shadowing. If I see things in the emotional body or the mental body and they're not in the physical body yet, I'm bringing that to their attention and we are healing that stuff now. And that's where we get right to the deep of it and that's the psychology side of things as well, but again with spiritual practices to work through it. Because if it it because everything has a vibration. So if you've got a trauma that's sitting in your emotional or your mental, then if it stays there long enough and it has enough influence to be even more negative, it can't do anything but physically manifest. Right. And it will physically manifest in areas that correspond with what it's about. There's history sort of looking back in my sort of, um, you know, in my family tree of um, issues with motherhood and parenthood and fertility and those sorts of things. And so this is where, this is the area which relates to the sacral chakra. So if we go to energy centers, you've got your sacral chakra. If we've got, if I can see that, if I was looking at me and I saw that I had an emotional or a mental um, imbalance or issue around motherhood or infertility, then the sometimes liver, which would be um, uterus, which would be ovaries and all of the, the female bits. Um, so my goal is to always is to bring the insight and the education to and then offer people resources too, whether it's me or somewhere else that is better to prevent it from getting physical before yeah. it's too late. Mm. So, but it does work in reverse too. So I get many women who are struggling with fertility, and a lot of the time they'll be like, IVF's not working, or you know, I'm not falling pregnant naturally. I don't want to go to IVF, and if I can see that it's because of their emotional and their mental energetic. That's why medically people are just like, they have no reason why I can't fall pregnant, I'm just not. Mm. It's like, oh, honey. And there needs to be more of that. People need to be more aware that there's not just these boxed options. You know, boxing everything is just 
I don't know, it just drives me bananas. Yeah, it's yes. quite draining. Too. Yeah. And they've already spoken so much about how um, thoughts can manifest. Like in society already, even if people aren't into what we're talking about, they already say that stress causes this and yeah. stress causes that. And thoughts manifest in your body in your toxic. Mm. So our emotions carry a vibration instead of our thoughts. So there's like you can Google it, you know, and you'll see like um, the vibrational frequencies of emotions and you'll see a chart mm. of the lowest one and I think it's fear or no, it actually might be guilt, but guilt, shame, fear, they're all very low vibrational feelings. Yeah. But if you're feeling that, then typically you're thinking in a negative way yeah, as well. for sure. Um, and so if you're, if you're in those thoughts and those feelings more often than not, then you're going to be sick, mm-hmm. whether it is an autoimmune. You know, if it just, but the autoimmune is adrenal. And so for me, it was about energy. And so because I didn't listen to it early enough, it physically manifested in adrenals. Right. It also physically manifested in mental health mm-hmm. because I was so fucked up in my head, mm-hmm. you know, like so badly. So if you can think about your thoughts having a vibrational frequency and your emotions and trying to just one-up yourself, like in terms of like, okay, I just need to choose better. Yeah. So if I'm feeling angry, which is actually higher than guilt or shame or fear because anger having emotion and honoring it is actually a very good thing to do like anger so if if i am feeling guilty then maybe i need to actually one up it to feel which is going to sound crazy but stick with me and maybe i need to one up it and actually feel what i really feel which is angry with myself yeah because guilt is lower guilt is worse so I'm instead I'm going to get angry. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to beat the shit out of the tree. Yeah. Because I'm angry with myself and be okay with that. And that that coincides with um, like the feelings of um, like what's like when some like grieving, I guess. Because yeah. first you feel like sadness, mm. depression, guilt, it's whatever. Exactly and right. It. Yeah. And that's you know a lot of the time people will come to me after someone's just passed, and I always say to people, I am not the person you want to speak to for the first sort of twelve weeks. Mm. I will. But I tread very lightly because I honour all of the processes. Mm. And you deserve, there is a reason why there is a, there is a blessing in this devastating loss that you need to be gifted with the blessings of going through that process mm. and what you're going to learn along each step of the way. So people will come to me and they'll be like, yeah, no, I'm so over it. I'm totally fine with it. I've made peace with it. Maybe over it. I didn't allow themselves to get angry with it. Mm. Like you're fucking angry. Show me it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want you to leave until you can show me it. And I'll push. You know, I hate, I don't pussyfoot around and I'm not going to tell people what they want to hear and I'm not going to make it nice for them. A lot of the time people come and they're like, that was not what I expected, but holy crap, I'm glad I came here because I really needed this. Yeah. Yeah. That is the most common thing I hear people say. Which is amazing. That's mm. the best option. I mean, you can go to so. most, um, most, you know, strips of shops or shopping centres and you can go see a psychic. You can. And you can have the show and you can have what you want to hear about that boyfriend that you're dating right now. Can I have that money that you've just spent and can I have that hour of time? Because you just really wasted it. Like, yeah. yeah, it's fun. But, I mean, I'm all, like, I mean, I've got three kids and I run a business. Matt runs a business. And I'm busy. But busy, I'm fulfilled. I'm full. 
And I don't have time to or money to spend on something that is just so hollow. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and but but there are people out there that do that and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of their perception and yeah. what they're ready to experience and where they're at. And I'm not gonna judge it. But I just know that they're not the people that are coming to me mm-hmm. and that's not what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. No.